So uh, we're going to hear from people. Now, I know a number of you have been prayed for for healing, and, uh, and a number of you have probably got testimonies. And this, if this is a little bit of a, a shock to you, well, tough, really. Um, and we still want to hear from you. So if you have a story about God who's, uh, and what he's done, so you've been praying for something and you've had a clear answer, it might be financial provision, it might be healing, it might be comfort that he's brought to you, a whole, whole range of different things, and you would like to share that, just for a couple of minutes, I'd really encourage you to do that. Can you come to Malcolm and Ian and just talk to them about uh, what it is you'd like to share? Okay, so we all clear? Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to hear. But the point of this is that we encourage one another. You see, and if God does stuff in our lives and we keep it to ourselves, it does us good, but it doesn't do anyone else any good, does it? So, so the point of testimony is that we encourage one another. The Bible says, encourage one another. So that's what we're going to try and do today. We're going to encourage one another with what God has been doing. You see, it might be that God hasn't done anything in your life, but when you hear about, well, I bet he has actually, but, but, um, but if when you hear about what someone else has done, it does you good, doesn't it? Oh, you miserable lot. It absolutely, it does. It does. Okay, so uh, we're going to start this morning by asking James and Ashley if you'd come to the front. Let's give them a, some round of applause. And we're starting by just asking these guys to share their testimony because it's a remarkable testimony of how they became Christians. So that would be great. Hi, morning, everyone. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to start by, obviously, it's a, it's a great privilege to share our testimony. Um, we do it, obviously, by default now. You don't really realize, but you just suddenly evolve and uh, go into your testimony. So it's great to share it with this morning. So just a bit about my background, we'll go to Ashley's background and how we came to meet uh, to become to know Jesus. Uh, so my, my background isn't a religious one at all. Um, you know, my dad was a Catholic, he would pray. He'd have a, a wooden cross and would pray on, well, we'd go and see him on weekends and he'd pray. And me and my brother kind of just sniggled and laughed and just carried on watching TV. So that was about the extent of, of what faith was for us. So um, I think there was a few times in my life which, uh, when I was at sixth form, I went to a Catholic, uh, John Fisher School in Purley, so it's known as a, as a Catholic uh, sort of school. So um, I remember talking a few times with, with the guys there, and uh, nothing really materialized. So very much from a, a non-faith religious background. Um, but it, it wasn't until I was at university, really, which, um, which things started to, I guess, ramp up without me knowing. Uh, often you have Christian unions at university, which was, uh, I'd speak to them, but mainly because they're offering free food and things like that. So um, that, was, that was it, free food, free drinks, and uh, just, just a, a way to spend more time when you're not really doing much anyway. So um, that, that was a bit about the sort of the, the build-up. But yeah, I'd have conversations but nothing really realized uh, come out of nightclubs and the Christian Union would be handing out jacket potatoes um, that, that was they say so you talk to them then but you didn't really have an idea of what you were talking about or anything like that so let's go back. okay so um, I was born in Ireland so I was brought up as a Catholic and um, most of my family were Catholic and um, and I always believed that there was God there, but I felt like I could never really connect with him. And I remember even as a child, 
trying to pray and going through the rosary beads and and being like, is he there? Like, is this real or is it just a nice story? Um, so that went on for a while. And I think as I then went into teen years, I just turned away from it altogether, really. I thought, you know what, it's a nice story, but it's not for me and it's not actually doing anything. Um, and then when I was about 18, I remember being very, very low and in a relationship that I really needed to end and not having the strength to do that. And I really cried out. I remember praying for the first time, really crying out and saying, God, if you are real, you need to show me you're real. You know, I'm, I just need to know that you're actually there. I'm not just praying on my own to nothing. And I felt this warmth flood through me just from nowhere. And it was the most incredible feeling. And I thought, wow, you know, what was that? No idea what that was, but that was amazing. And about a week later, I thought, I was feeling a bit low again. I thought, well, I'll pray again. You know, can I have that feeling again? Warmth again. Like, whoa, what is this? So I didn't tell anyone for about three years, as you do. Um, and I just remembered, well, occasionally I can pray and I'll feel that warmth. So there is something there. Um, and, and as I was at university, a friend of mine took me to a new Frontiers church like this one in Exeter. And I went along expecting your usual kind of similar to Catholic mass sort of service. Very different, of course, as you've all seen. Um, and as soon as people started worshipping, that warmth was flooding over me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, do other people realise? Is, is this happening to anyone else? Like, do other people know what this is? I remember hearing a couple of guys speaking in tongues and thinking it's a really international church. Like, I've not heard, not heard these kind of voices before. Um, so very quickly, people started to notice me in the church and encourage me to go to their houses and talk to me about God. And, and I realized that I needed to make a commitment. I needed to turn away from my previous life and say, okay, Lord, I believe in you. I'm going to follow you now. But the problem with that is I was going out with um, a guy at the time that that really didn't want to know about church. And he said, well, you can kind of go occasionally, but don't involve me, and nothing can change with us. <laughs> so that was a challenge. And to be honest, I put him first before God. I then ended up going out with another guy. Same thing happened. And then a different guy, same thing happened. So all through university, I did not put God first. I put whoever I was with first. I didn't want to lose them, and that was the most important thing to me. And then I met James. So I think there's a... Do you want to tell a bit about the... With your dad? And then, okay, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be talking too much. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So this was all going on at, at university. I came home from university. And my dad said, I've got something to tell you. Um, your mom and I, we've become Christians. And I was like... Well, I thought you were, yeah, you're Catholic, and like, what's this? He said, well, we've been having our house redeveloped, there's this massive redevelopment, and they had a, a guy, a carpenter, working on the roof, and Dad said he got up at about 4 a.m. to meet this carpenter, and um, they're there, you know, just talking about the project, and Dad said one thing led to another, and uh, my dad said, there's something about you, Mark, there's, there's this joy about you, it's 4 a.m. and it's raining, and you've got to go on the roof, you know, where has this come from? Why are you always happy? And so Mark shared his testimony and said, it's the Lord. This is what the Lord has done in my life. 
Um, and they ended up just having this complete heart-to-heart, -heart, um, my dad breaking down in tears in a building site at 4 a.m., and he gave his life to the Lord. And shortly afterwards, um, my mom also gave her life to the Lord. So this was all going on at home, and I'm coming back, and I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, the pressure now. I thought I could get away with it before, but now my family as well. Um, and so James and I had been going out then for about a year, he was still at university. I was traveling back to see him. And I said, well, look, you know, mom and dad, they want to introduce us to this, this couple who, um, who had actually helped Mark to become a Christian, Joe and Ishi. I said, look, they just want us to go for lunch with them. If we go for lunch with them, you know, they'll leave us alone and we'll have a nice lunch. And you don't, you know, don't worry about it. Let's just go along. Yeah, so I, I, I was a bit, I wasn't sure at all. I was like, well, okay, we'll see. We'll see how it is. So we turned up at this, this big barn house in Worcestershire. Um, and it, quite, a, quite a spooky place, really. Uh, it, was, it was, I don't know, it must have been winter time, around February time. Um, so it was very windy. Uh, we went in and we'd, you know, none of the lights were on, but it was dark and then they had a fire on. And all of a sudden this fire would burn out, just really fierce flames and all of a sudden just die back down again and and i said what's going on with that fire he, the, the guy said oh don't worry about that. that's the, the spirit moving and i and obviously looked at the fire <laughs> uh, i thought what's this and there's this really quite amazing chair wooden chair with lots of pattern and i'd say well, what's this chair well, where'd you get that from yeah that's where the lord comes to sit when he comes to visit me and i sort of shuffled across <laughs> Um, so a lot, of, a lot of this was happening. Remember, I'm not from a, a faith background, religious background. I don't know any of this stuff. Um, Ashley's sitting over the far side of the room. The lights are, are dim. It's quite dark. This, this fire is flicking around. Uh, it's going down. It's bursting up in flames. I'm thinking, well, this is strange. This really is strange. So he, he's talking to us about the life of Jesus, um, about what Jesus is, what Jesus did to his life. His testimony is just that he used to be a rock star played with a bass with Eric Clapton and really uh, su successful guy with his music. So I could relate to that because cricket was a big part of my life. I was, uh, had professional trials at the time, uh, played at good standard, so it was very much, you know, I didn't want to give any of that up. And, he, and I remember him saying to me, actually, he said, you know, if you life as a Christian, you could you go two ways, really. You give your life to the Lord. He'd either make you uh, a professional cricketer play for England or you don't play at all. And obviously rubbing my hands, I was going to play for England. This is going to be brilliant. Um, but so, you know, but what really struck me was, was that message of Jesus and, and how he died on a cross to save me. It was a real personal thing. Um, so that really hit, hit my heart. And, and I actually didn't know what I was thinking at the time. It was very much, she was over there, I was over here. And, um, you know, that, so that message really hit, hit me. Um, and whilst I'd heard messages before about Jesus, I didn't really hear it like this. I think this was the time when I had that opportunity to to really come at a crossroads, and you can you can decide to 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 ignore Jesus, or you can decide to walk with Jesus. Um, and this time, I think it was I just couldn't see life. I think my life would have gone down a real uh, real obscure path if I hadn't have chosen Jesus. It was. It was just something I had to do. And in the meantime, I actually didn't know about this stuff. But I'll let Yeah, so what James hasn't said is we were there for about four hours. That was about six, actually. Six hours. It was a long time. 
I didn't say nothing yeah, at all. So. This guy could talk, and he was a fascinating guy, so you just let him talk, really. We did get food throughout the time. Um, so I had no idea what, what James was thinking, but the more I was listening, I was just thinking, you know what, Lord, I'm exhausted. Like, running from you and battling with you is exhausting. I've been doing this for years. You're not leaving me alone. I feel surrounded, and I just have to do this. I've got to put you first. Um, so I'm sitting there thinking, well, I've got to put the Lord first. And, you know, it's a shame James and I are obviously going to end now. Um, but I just, I have to do it now. You know, it's, it's gone on too long. So um, we listened and listened and it got dark and, and eventually we, we left. And we got into the car and I just turned to James and said, look, you know, I'm really, really sorry. But I have to do this and I have to choose the Lord. I have to become a Christian um, I'm sorry, you know, and, uh, and what I wasn't expecting was for James to turn around and just look me in the eyes and say, I know this is the truth and I have to do this. And I was like, what? I was so, and what just struck me was God's grace and God's mercy that after all of that, I finally put him first and I didn't lose James. You know, James came to the Lord as well. Um, so that evening we went back to my parents and, you know, we prayed to the Lord. You know, we want to put you first. And, and we accepted his salvation. And I started speaking in tongues immediately, which I wasn't expecting. Um, and that was it. Right then we, were, we became Christian. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's the, the story. Obviously, things progress after that. But that's... I got baptized, I think, was it baptized around a year later? In a, we went up to see that guy, Mark, that spoke to Ashley's dad. And I got baptized in a lake in Scotland. It was freezing, but it was fantastic. So, um, so yeah, it was that, that, that was our story. And obviously, your life changes. It's never the same again. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't play, I don't play cricket anymore, but um, obviously it's not because I don't want to. It's just I feel that heart, that, that God in my life was cricket, was sport. I think there's always something in your life. If it's not Jesus, it's something that fills that gap. For me, that that was it. Um, and that gap got a, removed from me in terms of cricket and replaced by, by God. And it was it's fantastic. My life's gone... Uh, our life together, actually, is, is fantastic. We're, we're full of blessings every day. So. Yeah. Wow, wasn't that fantastic? <laughs> You've had that and we haven't known all this time. That's brilliant to have. Uh, okay, well, look, Ian, would you like to come and share about your health? Yeah, um, sorry, I hadn't, you haven't finished with me yet. So, um, weirdly, God reminded me about uh, how I was healed recently in, in our house group. Uh, we were going through a, a particular book and studying stuff and just... We were looking at the testimony of what God had done in your life. And God reminded me of this quite remarkable healing that had happened to me. started several years ago. I started to get pain in my side. It was like a really bad stitch and um, just wouldn't go away. And you know, kind of typical male attitude. I thought, I'm not going to the doctors. It will just go away eventually. But it didn't, and it kept getting worse and worse. So I went, went to the doctors, had all the kind of usual tests, and something wasn't quite right. So... Uh, I went for a scan on my kidneys. They seemed to think it was my kidneys. So I went for a scan, and one kidney was particularly swollen. So I ended up having a biopsy, and uh, 
they did the biopsy, came back, and it said I had a kidney disease called IgA nephropathy. And it was about the kidney not filtering correctly. So I didn't have enough of the right colour cells in my kidneys. So um, I would lose blood and protein, basically. And uh, said I had to be on medication for the rest of my life. And um, had to live in a particular, you know, quite a fairly healthy lifestyle. And um, it was a possibility that as I got older, um, I would have to go on dialysis. Um, Fast forward a few years, um, it was not long before Jeremy and I left the church here to go to Suffolk. There was a conference here and there was an American lady that they were praying for healing. So I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. Went forward, you know, full of faith, see what happens type thing. And this lady prayed for my kidneys and she prayed uh, that God would give me new kidneys and they would be completely healed. Great. Okay, went, carried on, moved to Bury St. Edmunds in Suffolk, carried on taking the medication and um, thought, and I'm, you know, again, useless with the doctors, didn't carry on going to my regular appointments. I used to have to go every six months to have a checkup on my kidneys. Uh, so finally went to the consultant there in, in Suffolk, at West Suffolk Hospital in Bury St. Edmunds. And um, they did some more tests. They kind of had to put me through the whole process again of testing all my kidneys. Did a scan, did the blood tests, went back for the appointment. The consultant said, to be honest, Mr. Lettington, I don't know why you're here because there is nothing wrong with your kidneys and they function perfectly well and normal. Um, and I was just, uh, I, I was amazed actually. I just kind of stared at him for a while. I'm like, no, I think you've got this wrong. Uh, but then I just remembered the lady prayed, God, heal these kidneys. And I was just blown away and the grace of God was, is just incredible and he, his grace is sufficient for me because I forgot about it but he still loves me and I'm still righteous so that's okay where's Christine come on Christine I'm going to ask you a few questions is that alright so you're right. So how long have you been a Christian? Um, I think it's about four months now. Unfortunately, I forgot the day it happened. It just was amazing, and I forgot when it was. Okay. I didn't should have taken notice <laughs> of the date, but it was about four months ago. Well, we were chatting a week ago, and you described what you were like before you yes. became a Christian, and then something happened when you became a Christian. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Well... Having thought about it this week, that I'm going to come up and talk about it, it's made me realise just how much I've changed. Um, because I suffered with depression for 30 years. After my mum died, I was a wreck. And it was back and forth. If you've never had depression, you don't know what it's like. If you've had it, you know how I felt. It's quite often things would go wrong in my life. And it was straight away crying. Oh, please take my life. How can I die? I don't want to live this life anymore. Since that day... It's gone. It has just, after 30 years, tablets, various tablets, therapy, everything, it's completely gone. And I have, I, I just want to say recently, this last month, especially the last couple of weeks, I'm going through a really traumatic time with my oldest son. 
and the old me would have been in bed. I can't get up. I can't face life. You know, something's going to happen to him. I don't. But now I just said, God, can I pass this problem over to you? Will you share it with me? And can we help him between us? And he's still in that situation, but I'm not bothered <laughs> in a way. I'm bothered. I'm bothered. I'm very bothered. But I'm not depressed. I'm not crying. I'm not asking to die. Because then I thought this morning when I spoke to Sharon, I said, actually, I used to pray. I don't really want to die. It's just suicidal thoughts because you're depressed. I just want to change my life. And I suddenly thought just this morning, I have. He's changed my life. And it's amazing. I'm a different person. In the words of Ian Lane, that's quite good then. <laughs> that is fantastic. Isn't that fantastic? God sets people free from depression. He heals them from kidney diseases. And he saves them, even when seemingly they don't want to be saved. You know, and, and he replaces idols, doesn't he? Just fantastic. Right. Right, have we... Derek, do you want to come forward? Derek, Derek's got family down here. He lives in Yorkshire. But whenever he's down here, he comes to this church. And um, you're going to be brief, aren't you? But, but let's hear your testimonies. Okay, I, I could go on and your lunch would end he's up... Speaking being, to the mic. I could go on so long giving testimony of what Jesus has done in my life. Your lunch would end up with supper. <laughs> I gave my life to Jesus when I was 52. Up until then, I was a lay minister in the Catholic Church. I also have been to Worcester on a farm. <laughs> and, um, and I also played cricket. So there's similarities with uh, your first speakers. But Jesus, when I was 52, as I say, I gave my life to Jesus in 1991. And since then, he's used me mightily. Um, I've... I'm going to brag about Jesus now and the Holy Spirit, not me. He's raised the dead through me, my wife. Um, I've cast out demons in Africa. I've prayed over people and they've been healed. I've done what Jesus asked me, and that's what all I want to do today. I'm not going to give any testimonies other than listen to him. We all spout off and talk and talk and talk to God, asking for this, asking for that. But I came to God by just sitting and listening. And he took me off into wonderful places, just full of light. I come back and wouldn't know where I'd been, just that it was full of light. And my life changed. The Holy Spirit's been in me ever since, and he's used me. If you've got gifts of the Holy Spirit, use them. Don't leave them in the toolbox to rust. The main thing to do in life is to step out in faith. And until you take those steps, they can't work. And he won't just use you with one. Well, he didn't me. He's used me with all the gifts, prophecy and everything. They're there for you to use. He gives them to you for you to use. They're free. Step out. You can't do anything until you do. Okay. 
I'm down here today for these days is because my daughter-in-law is in Darrant's Hospital and expected to die today or tomorrow. Her name is Claire Lott. Um, she was born again, unfortunately. She backslid and became an alcoholic and now every organ in her body has failed. But we believe in Jesus. I believe he'll give her a chance or has given her a chance even though she's been unconscious for days to give her life back to Jesus because he's a faithful God and he's a, and he's a merciful God. Um, my son is a born-again Christian. He used to be a youth minister and a prison minister. But uh, because of things now, he doesn't have that time. So if you would please pray for them both. His name is George. George and Claire. Okay, so hang on. Just pray for them. Come on, church, let's pray. Father, we pray right now. Father, for Claire. Father, and for George. We lift these two people up to you. Father, we ask for the grace of God to be poured Right. Um, we probably have time for one more. If anybody would like to, other other than that, I would like. Sorry, Rube. Anne. Anne's going to be quick. Yeah, great. I promise. I'll be very quick. I'll be very quick. I'm. I'm just very uh, challenged by what our brother has said that when we hear words, we should share them. We shouldn't keep them hidden. And when I was at Ashburnham, I, the Lord said to me, a clear in my head as if I was talking to Ian, there will be revival before you die. And, I, and I'm just living in the truth and the hope of that. There will be revival. Did, if anyone has um, HDB on their, um, on their uh, Facebook page, last week, people were queuing up outside Holy Trinity Brompton to do the Alpha course. Come on, guys. Somebody, somebody, somebody must have spoken to them. Somebody must have said, come along. Here, know what I know. Revival will come. And, and it won't be long because I'm quite old. I wouldn't call 37 old, personally. Before Ruben shares, I'm just going to put a context. I don't know if you remember... About this time last year, I preached on no anxious thoughts. And in that preach, I talked about Reuben and how I'd got anxious about what God would do in the future and how God lifted that burden of anxiety, how we laid those uh, anxious thoughts on Jesus. Uh, and that sense of like being born again was just fantastic and how this man moved. 
Uh, but then circumstances changed, didn't it? So go on, you tell your story, son. Um, so about, uh, it was January time when mum, we first discovered mum's illness properly. I decided that I would take a gap year this year. Um, so, yeah, so that was my view for this year coming. Um, and then, yeah, so until about, it must have been two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Today. So it was exactly after Jeeves said his word, um, who's up there in the crowds, in the gods. Um, no, it was exactly after his word, he said, God will, when we were, pr- when we were prayed over me, Ellie, Jonathan, um, to be going out into the world to be university and me not doing anything. Um, <laughs> uh, Jeeves said over me, he feels that God will take my heart somewhere over this next year. So dad the next day went, do you want to check on the government website to see if there's any apprenticeships? I went, all right then. Um, so I, then I sat down, found two that I liked, um, and was in the area that I wanted to do, which is computer science, the degree. Um, so then I did that, spent the whole week filling out forms and doing lots of fun, interesting stuff. Um, and then after that, I went... Yeah, and then it was out of my hands, didn't know until, when was it, I was, no, I can't, I'm trying to think when I got my interview. So Friday, Friday, you were were invited to interview this last Monday. Monday. Yes, so last Friday, I was interviewed, I was told I had an interview on Monday, this Monday, last Monday, Um, and then I had that, that went all right, dad wasn't home, so it was yeah. So just hold there. Hold there. So, <laughs> so I'm, I was away all weekend. At the weekend, I wanted to coach him. I'd wanted to encourage him. And, and that I wasn't there at all. Uh, and I think Jane did, and I think Sue did, and one or two others just gave some words of advice and wisdom. I came home and asked him about his interview. And um, there were bits that he missed out. Questions that he'd revised and answers to, but he hadn't uh, given a second thought to having a second answer. And they asked about the second answer. And I'm thinking, God, I don't know quite how this boy has done. There were six places and over 30 applications of people being interviewed. And that thought came back to me, Mark, no anxious thoughts. And uh, on Wednesday, I was with a friend. And they said, well, you know, if he doesn't get it, you know, God's got something better. And, you know, I found myself saying, no, I am asking God now. I'm not giving in to that, I am saying, God, he needs this one. Would you give him this one? And then on Thursday uh, afternoon, it was afternoon, uh, I received a phone call saying I had it. And yeah. I think Ruben knows this, but he had a dream to travel the world on his own. He had on his list Afghanistan. And, uh, and as a family, we were quite disturbed by that. And uh, ha- having, having seen him go through Lyon Airport in France in the summer, where David and I nicked his passport, nicked his wallet, because he just, he just hadn't got a clue, it just reinforced to me, God, you've got to intervene and do something quite substantial. And... Uh, we're just so thrilled. You know, he starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. So it's, an, it's a four-year apprenticeship and an honours degree. 
uh, in computing. And so isn't God good? Isn't God good? And he gets paid. Yeah. Amen. Wow. That's been great, hasn't it? That's encar- Are you encouraged? Well, if that doesn't encourage you, nothing will. So, <laughs> so that's really good. We're going to draw things to a close, but I'd just like to say, if you would like to be prayed for, if you are sick in your body, or if you heard something and you thought, oh, that really just resonates with me, and I'm in that situation, will you seek out the person that has shared the testimony and ask them to pray for you? But if you'd like to come forward, Malcolm and, and Ian and myself and Kim and Rach will be we're at the front here if you would like prayer. God bless you. I just, wow, that's just, I'm just going to pray. Father, I just want to thank you, Father, for all that's been shared. We love you. You are a living God, and you intervene powerfully in people's lives. And, Lord, it's so encouraging to hear about that. And, Father, we just say again, we look for your constant intervention in our lives because we need you, Lord God. We are so reliant on you every day. And, uh, Father, we just ask you and invite you, come again, Holy Spirit. Would you come and fill us freshly? Would you help us to walk with Jesus? Father, would you help us to ask with expectation? And, Lord, I pray that the next time we have this, there'll be even more testimonies like this. Lord, that will glorify your name and will point the way to Jesus and say he's the one. So we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.